Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. We're starting a brand new series today. We're ending our series from last month, and we're starting a two-week series that we want to talk about. It's called, it's, it's called I don't know what it's called. I forgot what it's called. It's called Empty Thanks. I'm preaching today, y'all, um, and um, empty thanks. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Thanksgiving in our life and, and what is this concept of giving thanks, having gratitude in our life. God has been really showing me some things about what gratitude is really about, uh, what gratitude can be in our life. If we really activate the, this, this concept of gratitude and thanksgiving in our life, I think we, in our culture, in our world, we have a concept of gratitude, a concept of thanksgiving, but God looks at it in a different way. And if we tap into that, man, things can change in our life. Perspectives can change in our life if we really live a life of gratitude. See, I'm going to take a poll today, okay? There's two types of people in the world, okay? And we're going to take a poll in just a minute, okay? Uh, so there's two types of people in the world. There, there's the people that are right and the people that are wrong. I'm, 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 most, I'm on the right side of people, okay? Um, but we're, there's some people that, um, that when on a weekly basis that you fill up your tank once a week. I mean, fill it up to the, like, all the way. Who's, who's those kind of people, Okay. All right, you're not great. All right, but who's those people that live life on the edge? Like you put $20 here, you put $5. If you got some change, you put, you know, you, you live life on the edge. You know, my wife hates it whenever she gets in my truck and, and it's like empty all the time. I mean, I'm like, I just put like five bucks in. You know, I don't got time to wait for like $30, $50, you know, like $5, $10, you know, and, and, and this is, this is my mindset. You know, I don't know if it works this way, but it's like, if I spend like 60 bucks, I'm like, man, that's a lot. But then if I spend 60 bucks every three days, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm being good. I'm being a good steward of my money, you know, like, but you know, it, it's those kind of people, but living life on the edge, you know, being full with, with your gum, with your gas tank is, is a responsibility that you have, but all joking aside, all joking aside, it's, it's the worst thing whenever you don't take the responsibility to fill your tank and then you get empty one day and you're like stranded. And then you got to make that annoying phone call. Hey. You got to pick me up. You know, you got to pick me up. It's, it's one of those things. But in our life as well, just as it's important that if you're going somewhere, you want to have a full tank. It is important in our life to have a, something to be filled in our life. So it can take us to the purpose and the calling that we have. Here's the reality. We all fill things in our life with something. We, we fill our lives up with something. The, one of the loneliest places in our life and in our world is living life on empty. Living life on empty. Because when you live life on empty, you're, you are lonely and you make decisions that are not going to be beneficial in your life. Because you're coming out of a place of emptiness, but God has called us to live a full life in him. But whenever we're going to his word on an empty, on an empty life, we go to his word and we don't feel like we're getting fulfilled because we're just dry. But God has this concept, this fuel in our life that we can really tap into in our life that we can benefit. But sometimes we don't really tap into it because it's, it's not the, the way of living that we live in. And life empty is so lonely. 
See, this fuel that I'm talking about is not the, the, the regular fuel. You know what I'm talking about? You know, who's those crazy people that paid the extra money for the real good fuel? You know, those, Tony, I know you're there. All right. I'm the one that if it's like 99 cents, it's going in my, in my fuel tank. All right. So but this kind of thing that God has for us that we're going to talk about today, it's like the, it's like paying extra for that extra good fuel. Because it's beneficial for our life. It uplifts our life. It, it enriches our life. The, the fuel of life that we're talking about that we don't tap into a lot is thankfulness. It's thankfulness. See, we need to learn how to live a generous, thankful life. Yeah, thankfulness. I know, I know you had to talk about this because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're true. But, but in reality, we don't tap into thankfulness in our life. We don't tap into gratitude in our life at times. And we're going to live life empty because God it gives us this thing of being thankful and this, and this life of gratitude. And what it does, it really fuels our life to move forward in our life. And if I'm honest, it's hard to be thankful because it's, not, it's going against everything our culture is telling us to be. How do I know? When somebody goes and opens your door at a restaurant or at a, at a place, you're like, wow. It's surprising, right? Well, how about this? Whenever you go to like a Starbucks and somebody started this like, you know, giving like you pay for this bill or I pay for your bill. And then you're when somebody does super nice things to you, you're, you're surprised and you're shocked because we don't live in a thankful and a, in, a, in, a, in a culture that is full of gratitude. So when something is happening that is beneficial or you're like, man, you're like, wow, how did this happen? But there's a place in our life where God has called us to live this way and have a full life in him. But in a culture where it's all about me, in a culture where it's all about what can benefit me, gratitude is lost. But here today, we're going to talk about what gratitude is all about. Because some of us think gratitude is a certain way. But in the Bible, it talks about this concept of thankfulness and gratitude. Matter of fact. Science proves that, it, that gratitude in your life affects your physical health. Science itself, you know, we, uh, it says that in, for an individual, having a life of gratitude increases happiness and positive mood. It, 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 it gives you a satisfaction in life. Having gratitude in your life, it, it, gives you, it makes you less materialistic. Having gratitude in your life gives you a less chance of experience burnout in your life. Have you ever been burned out? See, this is all science. We're not even getting to the Bible yet, all right? So science says having gratitude in your life it gives you a better physical health. It gives you better sleep. It's less fatigue, a lower level of in, in, inflammation in your life. How crazy is that? Gratitude. We ain't talking about exercise. We're talking about gratitude here. It gives you, encourage you, and develops patience, humility, and wisdom. This is what science says. This concept of gratitude is so key in our walk with God. See, we know what, the, we know what science says, but what does the Bible say about gratitude in our life? Having gratitude and thankfulness in our life, gratitude strengthens our faith. It strengthens our faith. Sometimes our faith gets weak because we see the realities in front of us. But when we have a life of gratitude, it strengthens that thing. It's like you go to Planet Fitness and you're strengthening that faith. Some people go to Just Move. You know, I understand. 
Gratitude leads um, in the spiritual realm. It, it leads us to spiritual disciplines in our life. Gratitude fosters humility in our life. Gratitude opens up to receiving God's grace in our life. Gratitude, thankfulness, it helps us in the spiritual and also in the physical. But here's the thing, I know. There's a difference between being being grateful and living grateful. I'm coming now. The intro's done. We're going straight to the we're going straight to the meat, all right? There's a difference between being grateful and living grateful or thankful in your life. See, just being grateful, saying, I am grateful and I, I, I'm full of thanksgiving in my life is because what I can get. Being grateful is what can has been given to me. It's, see, being grateful in your life, it, there has to be a requirement to your thankfulness. Let me stop right there. Being grateful, there's a requirement that has to happen. Then you say that you're grateful. But living grateful, living in gratitude, is the willingness to know that every situation I come in, that I can find thankfulness, I can find gratitude just because God's God. Just because. See, living out of the mindset. See, one is a mindset. The other is a lifestyle. See, one says, if you do something for me, thank you. The other says, I'm just thankful for what you have done. It's two different ways of thinking. One's a mindset. One is actually a lifestyle. And if we live a lifestyle of gratefulness, of thankfulness in our life, man, how can our life be shaped? How can our attitude be, be moved in our life? How can we make decisions in our life if we live a life full in abundance of gratefulness? Of gratefulness in our life. See, I don't wake up every day and say, you know what? I'm just going to build my thankfulness in my life. I'm just going to grow in gratitude. It's great to think. It's a great concept, but I don't do that. I, sometimes I'm like, I need to work on my faith. I need to work on my patience. But what if we say we need to work on our gratitude, on thanksgiving in our life? Man, we know what it can do physically. Man, but what can it do spiritually in your life? When you wake up every day and you know that that day is going to be horrible, but you can still live a life of gratitude and know I'm going to make this day better than what my reality is showing me because I'm grateful for this moment. Living a life of, of gratitude. Here in Luke chapter 17, there's a story about Jesus and a leopard and, and how he shows gratitude and how Jesus is presented this concept of gratitude and how we can use that in our life. Let's turn to um, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And it says here, now on, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled um, along the border of Samaria and Galilee. And as, as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. See, here's the thing right there. They met him. They went towards him. We'll see you in a minute. They stood at a distance, social distancing, 
all right? They stood at a distance and called out. Thank you for laughing that one person, all right? Uh, they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. If you know back then, Samaritans and, and Jews didn't mix. You know, they, 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 weren't, they weren't friends. So this was an awkward a situation that didn't happen all the time. 17, Jesus said, were there not, were there not 10 cleansed? Where, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except the foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. See, there was 10 lepers. And their, their physical condition was they wanted to get healed. So what did they do? They go to Jesus. Right there, you're like, hey, that's great. They, 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 they did a great thing. They went to Jesus. Jesus said, go to the priest. And as they were walking to the priest, they're healed. Nine leopards left with their healing. One came back with their healing, back to the source of their healing. See, what do we do in life? We go and we say, God, I need. And then we receive and we move forward to the next blessing. But what is the what do we learn here out of this one person that was that, that was full of a condition and God healed him? It said that he went back to Jesus. See, we need to understand in our life that we can't do it on our own, that we don't have the resources, that we can't manufacture this thing on our own. But when God blesses us. When God gives us the provision, when God answers our prayers, when God does what, what we, we ask him to do, you know, not because he's a genie in the bottle, because he loves us as his child. You know what? We need to go back to the source. And when we go back to the source, you know what that does? It aligns us in knowing that I decrease God and you increase. I know that I couldn't do this on my own. I know that I can't, I can't make this provision on my own, but I know when I come to you and you bless me, God, I'm going to bring it back to you and bless you as well because I can't do it on my own. I am grateful. I am grateful. See, one lives a life of gratefulness. The other in the other nine, yeah, they got their healing, but it was a sense of selfishness as well. God, you bless me. Thanks. Move on. One said, God, you bless me. Thanks. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to where it all started. I'm coming back to, I know I couldn't do it my own. I am coming back. It's a life of gratitude instead of just being grateful. See the difference? Being grateful is like, thank you, I'm moving on. But a life of gratitude comes back to where I know my healing came from. It's going back. I decrease, you increase. See, gratitude in reality, it's a posture of humility in our life. See, some of us, I don't know about you, I need to be humble sometimes. See, don't you hate when God humbles us? It's like he's up there. He's like, you really think you're doing this on your own? 
God, thank you for the house. Thank you for, for this. And you, you know you broke. <laughs> you know you can't manage your money well. But God still blesses us. But here's why he blesses us. He blesses us. This is where we miss it. He blesses us not to hoard our blessing. I'm about to run. <laughs> he blesses us not to hoard our blessing. He blesses us to be a blessing to others. That's where we miss the true blessing. The true blessing is not us being blessed. The true blessing is having the maturity enough to bless others. Because living out of a sense of a life of gratitude, it's no other option but to bless others. You know when you're living a selfish life, a selfish life is whenever you're, it's hard to give. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to come at you like that. You want to take an inventory of your life? Go first to your pocketbook. I'm not I'm taking an offering. Calm down. But it's true. You, you know where you want to take an inventory of your life? What happens when somebody asks you to serve? Your time. When you hoard what is mine, you can't be a blessing and be the light into the world. What does the Bible say about the light? He says, do not hide your light. Do not hide it. He says, literally, get on top of a mountain and let that light shine. But how can we let the light shine if we're just holding on to it? It's a life of gratitude. It's a life when you see that person that is in need, you don't question what they're going to do with that. It, it, it's when you, whenever you see a, a friend in need and, and you might have to cancel that dinner reservation because your friend needs you. It's, it's, it's that kind of lifestyle. It's living life in community. It's gratitude in our life. Actually, like this, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, this rocked me. Because I've read this verse so many times in my life as, you were, as I was studying and everything. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God, Christ Jesus, for you. Now, now let, me, let me break this down for you real fast. See, in the scripture, if you skim it over, you're, you're missing really what God is telling us to do. Because we, we, we go through it real quick. See, it's, it doesn't say in this verse, give thanks for all things. Now, now follow me here. It doesn't say give thanks for all things. Because if, if I'm real with you, I don't want to give thanks for all things. I don't give thanks for this pandemic. Can we be real today? We can spiritualize everything, but we're not being changed. I, I don't give thanks because my dad passed away this year. I, I, don't, I don't give thanks for health issues. Don't put water here again. <laughs> I don't give thanks for wearing a mask. I hate wearing a mask. It's great, safe, you need to do it. I don't give thanks. I don't wake up every day and say, God, thank you for blessing me with love handles. You're the man. I don't want to give thanks for all these because none of these satisfy me and all these are bad for me. But look at the transition word in there where we miss it. It says, give thanks in all things. 
See, there's a difference between giving thanks for all things and giving thanks in all things. See, giving thanks in all things says, God, I might be in the middle of hell itself, but I'm going to find gratitude because I know that you're an anchor for my soul. And I know that I might be in it, but I'm going to have a posture of humility in my life to say, God, I might not understand. I might not like it, but I choose to thank you because what you're going to do on the other side. I choose to thank you for the provision that you're working in my life. I choose to thank you because I am still fearfully and wonderfully made in you is a posture. You know what? You know what your gratitude is attached to? Your faith. Because living a life in every circumstance is saying, I know I'm in it, but I still know God is working. See, it's a faith aspect to everything. It's a faith aspect to your thanksgiving. It's a faith aspect to your gratitude. It's saying, God, I bring the hell is here. But I know that you're working in my favor. It, I might be in it, but I'm thankful and I'm grateful that you're still God. You're still working and I'm not, you're not done with me yet. See, but what happens in life when we live a life for Thanksgiving, when we live a life for these things, when, when life hits and the, and the rug of life comes, uh, is stripped underneath you, we fall flat on our face and we blame God. We blame God, we blame others, and we quit on our faith. But no, when times come a little rough in our life, that's when our faith needs to be built up. Because we don't live, here at Axios, we don't live a place of being grateful. We live a life of gratefulness. Because we know that God is working. We know that we might not have the building yet, but I'm still praising God for the building to come. I know that I might not be healed yet, but I know that he's working everything on my favor. It's, it's having a mindset of faith in the midst of your gratitude. How about this? God, I'm thankful just because of you. You're all I need. See, David said it like this in Psalms 51. This is one of the hardest times in his life. I mean, things were happening, and he said this in Psalms 51, 10 and 12 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew the steadfast spirit within me. Look at what 11 says. Do not cast from me your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation. And grant me the willing spirit, sustain me. See, David knew something about this. He knew something about this life of gratitude. He's literally in the midst of just chaos in his life. And he says, God, you can take it. I can take it all, but don't take your spirit from me. He says, take it all, but don't take away the joy of my salvation. See, he says in the middle of it, when we live a life of gratitude, we might be in it, but being it doesn't mean that we're, it's taking us out. Matter of fact, we just have faith in knowing that God is working on the other side. It's the difference between ingratitude and being grateful. So what are some basic things? What are some practical things in our life that sometimes we look over that we don't have a grateful heart for. For at one point, we probably did have a grateful mentality, uh, mentality about it, but now it's just become familiar. What happens when things become familiar in your life? 
Where at one point you prayed for it and it happened, and now you don't pray for it anymore because it's just there. But what happens when things come familiar in your life? See, it's hard to be grateful when things are just there. When the blessing has just arrived. When, when, when you don't have to get on your knees again and things are going great. But it doesn't stop our gratefulness. It doesn't stop our thanksgiving. What are some practical things that we kind of just skim through that we can learn about today about having a grateful heart? Number one, we can be grateful for our breath. Not your stink breath, <laughs> but your breath. I don't know about you, you know, I think it's a concept of, you know, like, hey, thank you, I'm breathing, hey. But have we thanked God for breathing? You're saying, Pastor Eric lost it. It's, he's, he's, he's crazy right now. Why is he talking about breathing right now? But let's, let's be, follow me here a minute. We, breathing has become familiar. I don't have to think to breathe. But if I don't breathe, I'm dead. See, it's crazy how we become familiar with the greatest blessings in our life. And we don't even thank God for what we don't even know he's doing. I don't know about you. I don't have a machine that is making me breathe. I'm breathing. But I don't wake up every day and say, God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. But I do say, God, thank you for not for Chick-fil-A. We, we have empty thanks for things that really don't matter. And sometimes we put more importance on the empty thanks than the things that really do matter in our life. It's familiar. See, the thing is, is the, your breath, your breathing is attributed to your life. Without breath, you have no life. But we expect the breath, but really the Bible kind of talks about this. It says, be careful, your life is but a vapor. You hear today, gone tomorrow. Man, this is very sad today. But every breath we take, here's the thing. Here's the good news. Every breath we take is a gift from God. And you know another reason why it's so important to give God thanks for even the breathing that we do, the breath that we have? Because it's a reminder that your purpose is not over and he's not done with you yet. So you want to thank God for your life? Thank God for your breathing. Because it's an indication that you're not over with. He's not over with you yet. He's still writing your story. Your story is still being written. See, here's the thing. I have an Apple Watch, and sometimes, I don't know, it's very annoying, but, you know, it, out of nowhere, it pops up. It says, start breathing. Anybody happened before? I'm like, am I having a heart attack or whatever? Like, do they know something I don't know? But it stops you in your tracks, and it gives the focus to your breathing. Because some way, somehow... It knows that probably your heart rate went up or you just need to relax at this moment. So I'm giving you a reminder in your life. Super practical. Give thanks for life. 
give thanks for your breath because it's a reminder that he's not done with it. I might be lost, but he's not done with me yet. I might be fighting addiction, but he's not done with me yet. I might be in a financial need, but he's not done with me. I might want to quit, but I know living a life of gratitude and every breath I take is a choice to know that he's not done with me yet. You think your life is over. You think your purpose is over. But guess what? Breathe. It's not. He's not done with you yet. So you can get up and say, if I have breath in my lungs, I can walk out the purpose that I have. And I'm grateful for the gift of breath. Have you thought about that before? It's such a gift. But when we live a life of gratitude, we, our eyes are open to these simple things that we just skim over. How about this? Number two. How about our weaknesses? I don't wake up any day and say, God, thank you for my weakness. Matter of fact, give me more weaknesses, God. Bless me with weaknesses. But the Bible talks about this life of thanksgiving and gratitude about the weaknesses in our life. See, we have to look at our weaknesses a little bit different. Here in Corinthians, um, in the book of Corinthians, Paul himself is having a conversation with these people, and they're basically talking about how great they are, their talents, their, their, their abilities, and they're just you know, like boasting themselves up. They're just having like, you know, just like everybody's just, hey, you're great. Hey, no, I'm great. Hey, we're all great, you know? But Paul has this concept and flips the conversation and talks about weaknesses. I love how the message version portrays this encounter. In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 and 10, follow me here for a minute. It says, Paul literally starts off and says, hey, you forced me to talk this way. He said, you want to talk about reputation? You want to talk about accolades. You want to talk about awards. You want to talk about how good you are? You made me do it. Let me talk about how good I am. He says, and if you go against your better judgment, but but now that we're 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 at we're at it, I may I may as well bring you the the matters of the vision and revelation that God has gave me. For instance, I know a man who he, 14 years 14 years ago was seized uh, was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy over the height of heaven. And he starts talking about this vision that God has given him, and he basically says that listen, this ridiculous vision and all the revelation that God has given me, He gives it to me all the time. He blesses me with all these things. And you want to talk about reputation? Let me talk about reputation. I'm the best of them. God blesses me so much. But then he switches the conversation and he says, out of all these revelations, I asked God, there was still, it said, Satan, the angel, did this best to take me down. But in fact, when, I, when he pushes my knees, no danger of walking around in, in, to the Almighty. At first, I didn't, I looked at this as, a, as not a gift. I begged God to remove it. He talks about, in the other version, said he had a thorn in his side. There was a thorn in his side. There was something that was bothering him at all times. And he asked God, take it away, take it away. I need it gone. But God says this, in my weakness, in, in your weakness, I am strong. 
So this thorn that, God, that, that, that Paul was talking about, and he's talking about all these accolades, saying, hey, listen, we can strip the accolades away. We can strip all the good things that I think I know about myself. But if we come back to it, I matter of fact, I need to boast about my weaknesses instead of my accolades. Because I know that in my weaknesses, he is made strong. What, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is, is, you know, when we are weak, that's when we become strong. Our humanity, its weakness, continually open our minds to the power that God and God's grace that shines through us. Paul learned to delight in his troubles. Paul learned to delight in his weaknesses because it brought the blessings of God to rest upon his life. See, sometimes we look at our circumstance and we look at our issues and we look at our weaknesses and we want to diminish them. But God literally let Paul have this weakness about him to remind him that it's not about you, Paul. That in your weakness, I become strong. And it says, matter of fact, I don't need to boast about anything. I need to boast about my weaknesses because every time I am weak and God and people see my weaknesses, man, it's really God working in my life because, again, I'm not done. He's not done with me yet. See, we can walk out these things. And because, you know, I'm a crazy mess. I, God, I know that I'm a crazy mess, but you have transformed me from the inside out. You turned my life around. Now my testimony is here for others to see Jesus. Let your life be an open book. And say, listen, if God can use this crazy Puerto Rican from Lakeland, Florida, if you can see my weakness and God is still using me, what can he do through your life? Sometimes we look at each other and we want to just be all praise. Or, look, I have the best thing. I have the best thing. But guess what? It doesn't matter. What matters is what God is doing on the inside. And for others to see, man, this person's been through hell itself. Why is this person still strong? Why is this person still going to church? Why is this person still giving? Because it's not about me. It's about what God is doing on the inside. And when I'm weak, he becomes strong. Have you thought about the gratitude that you have that God is working in my favor? This thorn that I thought was now a pain in my butt becomes a blessing in the hands of God because it humbles me. To know that I'm not in control. That his glory is going to come through my life. And this thorn, this weakness is not a disqualification to get to Jesus. Matter of fact, this thorn reminds me I need to pray more. This thorn reminds me I need to give more. This thorn reminds me I need to love more. I need to forgive more. I need to fast more. I need to study more. It's just knowing that God's grace is covering me. And in my weakness, he is strong as I close. Are you grateful today? Are you grateful? It's the difference between being and living a grateful life. It's us knowing that we're not in control, that all blessings come from him for us to be a blessing to others. It's us understanding that every breath we take is a choice for us to move forward and change things in our lives so we can be who God calls us to be.
is us looking at our weaknesses a little bit different, not as a disqualification. See, what this world and churches have told us before is whenever you are weak, go aside. You can't be a part of the elite crowd. Can I be real today? I've been there before. Oh, they're going through something and I'm not. And what do we do as Christians? We disqualify people and we wonder why people are lost that used to come to church. Let the church put the mirror back in our face. Maybe we're the issue. Maybe we hoard the grace of God and not give grace to others. And you know why we do that? Because it's about me. I'm grateful for what God is doing in my life. But while I'm grateful, I can also judge somebody else's. And you know what we do? We put ourselves on pedestals that we never should be on. Well, I'm better. At least I don't, at least I haven't cheated on my wife. At least I didn't, at least I didn't get caught. But we live in a false sense of gratitude. In reality, it comes a gratitude for ourselves. But us as true believers, when we live a life of gratitude, We have no other option but to open our eyes to the hurting people that are around. We have no other option but to go to the people that people disqualify and say you are loved, that you are accepted. Yeah, you've done something stupid, but take a breath. Your story is not done yet. With every breath you take, is an opportunity to change your life. Your story's not, listen, people might write you out, but I have a savior that I know that never writes you out, that if he gives you the gift of breath, you have the gift of life, walk up, step up, and be who God's called you to be. Stop listening to the lies and live a life of gratitude and knowing, listen, this gratitude I have is because Jesus died on the cross for me. It's not because what I can get from people, but it's for what he's done in my life. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.